Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Everton Motor Racing Podcast, episode 104. Uh, it is obviously myself, joined by Lauren this time. Hello, Lauren. Hello. It's been a long time. When was the last time we spoke to each other? I think on the last podcast before the winter break. The or winter, like <laughs> the winter break. Oh my months. God. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we were meant to have Cameron and then he uh, forgot. And well, has other he was commitments. like, let's record tonight. We all went, yeah, let's do that. And then he announces an hour ago. No, yeah. I'm busy. So I'm busy. I've got too much of a life to deal with you lot. So <laughs> yeah, definitely that's I don't Cameron. have a life, so it's okay. This is why it's yeah, exactly. I'm just sat here building Lego, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> sad. Yeah, but um, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about in terms of silly season. Yeah. Firstly, though, I want to give a massive shout out to Mr. Tara McKenzie, mm. who has won the super sport race even lapped nicola belega who's a championship leader oh god i didn't even realize that yeah he won it he stayed out on the slicks whilst everybody else pitted for wets and the gamble paid off tenfold with a victory in 25 points and a victory for mario wacky i wonder if he watched brad bender around probably like apparently (laughs) yeah (laughs) apparently his um like mechanic was like if you come in the pits i'm not changing your tires so you better stay out there. And Taran was like, I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Like, I'll just stay out. And it paid off because it rained for a little bit. Everyone came in for wet. He stayed out on dries. And after a few laps, it the rain subsided. And it was just dry track again. And Taran's, Taran's luck obviously played in his favour today. After a terrible season so far, it's great to see that what he's done, he's achieved a lot, Taran McKenzie. And he's had a terrible year so far. So it's really nice to see that he's got something going his way you know yeah it's good to see that he's getting rewarded for the clear hard work that he's putting in just because people don't get results all the time doesn't mean that they're not trying their best so yeah exactly no it's good exactly but yeah we've got a lot to talk about in the silly season mm. era of things the uh rumor mill has been spinning i can't the keep pot up has been no i can't it's like something new every week because there's one rumor that Hort Johan Meir, Johan Meir, sorry, who, congratulations uh, for giving birth to his, I don't know if it's his son or his daughter, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know, but it's his first child anyway, so. And they've named it either Johan if it's male or Joan if it's female. It's the same name as Johan Meir, basically. Are you I don't serious? know if it's male or female. He's named it Johan, yeah. It's, it's literally Johan Meir. It must be a wee boy, then. Junior. It must be, I don't know, but if it's a girl, they can call it Joan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so congratulations to John Mir. There's a lot of riders. Alex Rin got say, married. Yeah. Luca Marini got married. Marvin Vinales had another child. He did, yeah. Um, God, I can't keep up with it I all. I think that's everything. Marco was like, I think so. I had his dog. <laughs> did you see that photo? Yeah. He was like, I'm missing racing. <laughs> <laughs> My <Yeah>. dog's <laughs> sick of me already. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's been a busy, busy summer. Especially in the realms of silly season, as we mentioned, yeah. with Jan Mir seemingly being linked to Grisini Ducati, and then that same rumour being rubbished the same day. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moving around. For example, Alex Rins, his name is in the headlights for a few, few reasons. The first one being that he is in prime. He's a prime candidate at the moment to replace Franco Morbidelli in Yamaha. Mm-hmm. No, Yamir was also linked to that seat, but it looks like Aaron 
Alex Rins will be announced at Yamaha this week, heading up to Silverstone. It's it's interesting. I could see it happening. Mm. I would love to see it happen. I think that would be a, oh, yeah. a really, really good switch. And it's clear to see that Alex Rins can make bikes work. Obviously, the Honda has been a bit rubbish. And the inline four <laughs> yeah. as well. Going back to an inline four. Exactly. And, yeah, I think that environment could suit him well. Obviously, he's injured at the minute, so we don't know his full potential at Honda, but, I mean, he's won a race on the LCR bike already this season. And no one else has won a race on the Yamaha this think, season. Honda this year. Yeah, I think if he was at full fitness and able to ride at Silverstone, which is obviously something that's hap- not happening this year, um, Iker Lacuna has already been announced to replace Alex Rins I think if Alex was actually able to ride at Silverstone we probably could have seen a repeat of Coda this year I think he could have been up there and he could have been on the podium or winning it so I think that this move for him I hope it's announced because I'd really really like to see it basically yeah yeah I would too I think you could do really well in the Yamaha. It's similar to Suzuki in the fact that it was an inline four. Yep. As we mentioned, he switched from an inline four to a V4 with the Honda. To go back to an inline four is hel- only helpful to him and Yamaha for their development. He also, the characteristics of the Yamaha being better in the corners, things like that. He's good at that with Suzuki, obviously, cornering very well. But then he could also ride the Honda, which is horrendous for cornering and needs to be ridden pretty hard. Also works for the Yamaha because that also needs to be ridden pretty hard these days, apparently, according to Fabio Cotteraro. So I can see Alex Rins' strengths translating very well over to the Yamaha. Yeah. Um, it does help that he also has the Monster Energy sponsorship, so there's no problems there. Ooh. So that also could push him in the way because you know, is now a Red Bull athlete and not a Monster Energy athlete. So although... It wouldn't be too cha- hard to change Mir because he's already changed from Monster to Red Bull and he'd be happy to change back. But I think Rins being a Monster athlete for as long as he has been as well could definitely help him. Yeah. yeah. But I think as well, of the two, if you're looking at Mir and you're looking at Rins, although Mir's his CV is a lot better than Alex Rins, he's a double world champion, he's obviously a 2020 MotoGP world champion. I would say Alex Rins is a more complete and better rider than Mir, which is controversial. His consistency by far has been better than you and Mir. And we've put them on similar bikes in the Suzuki and Mir performed better at first. And then Rins started performing better in the last couple of seasons. Well, he won the last few races last year, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. And now both on a very similar Honda bike and Rins has been performing better than Mir so if you look at it definitely in the last two years Alex Rins is the person who I'd put my faith into for sure and as much as yes he gets on with everyone on the LCR team it seems to be a really really good environment for him a lot of the well some of the team members were at his wedding as well so I think they all get on really well, but everyone maybe knows that it's not a championship contending bike and it's maybe not going to be in the future. Um, Whereas Yamaha, they want to turn things around and they want to win championships again. And that would be very in line probably with Alex's needs and wants as a rider. Everyone wants to win a world championship. Yeah, 
getting that factory seat again will be good for Alex, I yeah. think. Because he's been kind of like the second in command again at Honda. He's not even being allowed to test the new Kallax chassis or anything like that. So him having access to a factory squad and you know everything that comes with being a factory rider will definitely help Alex Rins mentally as well. Another thing I just thought, he was very good in Suzuki, as we know. Suzuki never had a satellite team. Suzuki were always just two bikes on the grid. And now Yamaha are also just mm. two bikes on the grid. Me, not me. Rins <laughs> is obviously very used to that. Yeah. That can also help benefit him because he knows how a dynamic of two bikes on the grid works anyway yeah. and not having to rely on a satellite team for data. Yeah. No, that could work well, I think, with the experience now that Fabio Quattararo has on the Yamaha and someone who I just think fits all the moulds of what a Yamaha rider needs to be. I, it, for some reason, it all makes sense in my head. If you put Alex Rins and Yamaha together, I, I see it and it makes yeah. sense. And I think that would be a really, really good pairing. I think they'd work well together and they both bring something different with the same aim and goal to bring the bike around again. So, yeah, yeah. I could see it well, working. It's funny, actually, because... Rins back in 2017 when he first joined MotoGP with Suzuki was actually linked to Yamaha back then mm. and he was on the Pons team in Moto2 and I always said Rins would do really well in Yamaha I always kind of thought Rins and Yamaha would work well I yeah. always back even back then was like Rins and Yamaha kind of like I liked that pairing and obviously it never happened because he signed for Suzuki instead and Yamaha went with Maverick Vinales but it's nice to see that Rins is now getting that chance potentially at Yamaha. I think he could really suit Yamaha. I think Jorge Martin, I don't think, was the answer to their problems. But I think Alex Rins could genuinely be that answer to their problems. He's okay with riding a shitbox out of the back of the grid, as we've seen with him on the LCR Honda. And he can also do that pretty well. It's a shame he gets injured quite a lot. But I think him and Fabio could work really well. They've come up through the Moto3, Moto2 into GP ranks. Obviously, Franco Mobile didn't do that. So these two guys are veterans in that paddock as well anyway. And I think that helps them as well. We've got a little fun fact, actually, about Mir and Rins I only discovered the other day. Neither rider has ever changed teams in their Grand Prix career, aside from being forced to change teams because Suzuki pulled out or, or going up the categories. Neither of them have ever actually switched a team without... You know, because they want to. This like would be the first time circumstances, Rins. Yeah. yeah, this would be the or obviously a category like change. This would be the first time Rins has ever actually swapped teams because he wants to swap teams. Because in Australia, got there for years. Yeah. Then went to Ponds. Then went to Suzuki. Forced out Suzuki's because they left. Same with Mir with Leopard VDS and then Suzuki. Well, that's going to be another thing that Yamaha are going to look at and go loyalty, loyalty to a team. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because both of them were linked to the move away from Suzuki last year anyway, even before it happened. But both of them were like, no, we want to stay at Suzuki. That's and the thing. I really couldn't see a change in Suzuki's lineup in the near future whatsoever. Um, first, there was Johan Mir being linked to Honda, and I was sort of going, that's not going to happen, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Because a lot of people were maybe talking about certain Moto2 riders coming up and, and moving to Suzuki. And I was like, no, those two are going to stay at Suzuki for a long, long time. 
but yeah, then cause, yeah yeah because i remember miguel Oliveira's name was very mm-hmm. hotly lit yeah. and tipped over for a suzuki switch as well um but obviously we now know that but honda have already started putting the feelers out for a replacement for alex rins with ikale corona being stripped of his suzuka duties this weekend mm-hmm. he is already a winner of the suzuka eight hours so it's not going to be too much of a loss for him but he is now being moved away from the suzuka eight hours project and replaced by who's the guy who rode last year in Moto gp i can't um, remember his name now nagashima yeah nagashima will race instead of the corona the corona will race for the lcr honda squad this weekend at silverstone the reason they are doing that is because they are evaluating him. This will be his third race of the season, I believe, for Honda. They're evaluating him for a potential seat next year. He has done pretty well on the Honda mm-hmm. already this year. I think he was up to 10th at Assen at one point I before so. I think he, he had a mechanical issue yeah. that broke, broke down. He was at least 10th or 11th. He's done very well so far. I want to see how he can do maybe at Silverstone, but it looks like if there's no... For me, it, Honda do things for a reason. And I can't see them not opting to put Bradle on it. Because Bradle rode at Assen. So why wouldn't he race again at Silverstone? So for them to pull like a Rona away from the prestigious Suzuka Hours on Honda's soil in Japan. Yeah. As a proven winner of the race previously. To then put him in MotoGP. There is no other reason than to evaluate him for a seat next year. He would deserve it. Leon Camier, the team manager for Honda in Superbikes, has said that he would like to keep Lacroix and Javi Vieje, but has said he has got a plan B. Yeah. If they cannot, I would love to see Lacroix back in MotoGP. I think he's only 23. He's already got two years' experience in MotoGP. He might even be 22. You know. Did he not only um, get one year? Sorry. Did he not only get one year in MotoGP? No, yeah, 23. He got... He was on that Rebel Cola for a year. And then he got the bright orange one. Was he? He was He was 19 when he made his debut. I don't remember that. I thought it was only Do a you year. Not? No, look at... Was it not him and Petrucci got kicked out after a year? Petrucci got kicked out after a year, but Lacrona... I'm just sending the photo now. There you go. Oh. That was 2020. Oh, never mind then. Um, But yeah, he was wrongfully put out of the class anyway. Yeah. Um, So I'll stand by that. Um, But my facts are clearly wrong. Um, But I think he's made a home at Honda. And actually the kick out of MotoGP, I think, has actually worked in his favour. Yeah. Obviously his team boss and World Superbike is saying that they'd love to keep him just goes to show the performances that he's putting in there at the minute that his team values him and you're right that Honda and MotoGP wouldn't be putting him back on the bike if they weren't seriously considering it and yeah he fully deserves it he's done a lot for Honda and World Superbikes and obviously being able to do the likes of the Suzuka etc and win it you know he's got more and more accolades to his name and he's so yeah. young and he yeah he's he fully deserves yeah. a second chance at it there's not many people that you can sit down and be like oh 
they deserve a second chance sort of thing because yeah, most cause... times it's right and it's the right move and someone has seen something somewhere but I fully agree that Lacuna was done dirty a couple of years ago so yeah he was and thing is about GP it's often the case that when you're out you're out yeah. it's hard to find a way back in Dovizioso managed to find a way back in luckily yeah I think Lacrona kind of was like, right, when he left MotoGP, he was very much like, I'm fed up of it, yeah. done dusted with it, da, 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 da. but he said the other day that MotoGP has always been the pinnacle. Yeah. And which obviously gives a hint that he is open to a MotoGP return. Yeah. I think we could see him do it. Yeah. I would love to see him do it. I think, I don't think there's too many people who disagree with Lacrona being on the MotoGP. I think he would be an asset for Honda, like, especially if Marquez is to leave, for example, mm-hmm. their kind of rostrum is quite a little bit older. You are Mir is 25, 26. Rinzu is like 28, 7, 28. Nakagami's in his 30s. Yeah. But to have a young guy like Lacrona, who's already got two years of MotoGP experience, who's already got some superbike experience, already won the Suzuki 8 hours, having Lacrona there and maybe being a Honda ambassador for like the next four years yeah. and who wants to be there only help them is a big thing like he wants to be a MotoGP he said it himself I think that's maybe the difference with a lot of world superbike riders is that we've there's been a lot of world superbike riders in the last year being linked to MotoGP and yeah. none of them have gone because not many like top back and etc yeah. has, hasn't been a MotoGP so he doesn't know that it's the, what it's like so to him to not make that move made sense because he doesn't know where is Lacuna going do you know what I've been kicked out but actually if I got the chance to go back I would go back why do you think the likes of Petrucci comes back anytime he gets an opportunity yeah. I think it speaks for itself I think he knows that if the opportunity was to arise he'd be silly to turn it down yeah I'd agree yeah well speaking of Yamaha because obviously we're talking about Rins. Yamaha have actually offered Franco Morbidelli a seat. But it would be in the Pate Yamaha squad in the World Superbike Series next to Andrea Locatelli, replacing the outgoing and top rack Razgat Loglu, who is going to BMW. Top rack, no, not top rack. Morbidelli <laughs> has kind of declined the offer. Basically saying that he wants to stay in MotoGP. As we know and have said previously in the podcast, top, no, not top by, why do I keep going top by? Morvedelli has got an option in the VR46 squad. They've always kind of said that we want to keep them. There's also been some rumours about Morvedelli going to that VR46 squad. Bazzecchi moving over to the Pramac squad and Zarco being moved over to the Grassini team, which isn't a bad thing yeah. for any of them. Tony Abellino has been linked to Repsol Honda as well. That's silly. Yeah, because there's a lot of rumours about Abellino and Grassini. But, yeah, like I said, he's been linked to a Repsol Honda seat. With Pernat saying that it's potential is possible as well. He's, he's got to manager. have everyone knocking at his door at the minute, though. Him and Pedro, yeah. yeah. Pedro's a bit more difficult because of the KTM contract. Yeah. But Arbolino, yeah, will have everybody, all eyes on him because he's not contracted to anybody. Yeah. Um, I think with the Morbidelli thing, 
I don't know because I've just said about Lacuna would be silly if he if he didn't come back to MotoGP if the opportunity arose. But for Frankie Morbidelli, unless that VR46 contract is in the bag and it's signed, I think Morbidelli should go to World Superbikes with the Yamaha squad because I think yeah. that he could really, really shine in that squad in World Superbikes. I think him and Locatelli would be a really, really, really good combination. I think they'd work well and I think they'd be pretty unstoppable if they could get it going, which I fully put faith in both of those riders. Um, so it's a tough one because... Yes, it would be great to see Frankie stay, but I'm completely contradicting myself because I'm going to say that, in my opinion, unless the VR46 contract is signed, which it is just a rumour, he should yeah. go to World Superbikes. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, with the Superbike ride, Jonathan Ray has been linked to it. He has a contract with Kawasaki for next year, of course, as we know, but I'm sure he has a clause to get out of that. He has won. He won race one at Most on Saturday, which is really good. Very happy for him because it's weird to think that not often we can say Jonathan Reyes win a race these days. Yeah. I, yeah. It's very weird. I think silly season rumours this year are off the charts and I don't know how it can be Crazy. last year considering all the Suzuki drama and all. Um, but... That's why I think it's really silly with the fact that Johnny Ray is linked to Yamaha because to me that one makes no sense at all. I feel like he's put the faith in Kawasaki for such a long time now and obviously they've got all the championships together. Um, Lowe's has just signed another year. They've been teammates for a couple of years now. I don't know. I heard him speak a few times at Donington Park and maybe it is because he's still contracted that he's very... I'm with this team and I'm going to stay with this team. But yeah. he didn't give anything away that I heard that he would be interested in, in looking at anything else or that there was any other offers on the table. Yeah, well, it's weird because Scott Redding, who said at, I think it was Arlington Park, that he was, his ride would be probably confirmed by Sunday and it wasn't. No. But has now said that the whole Jonathan Ray thing is very interesting and that there are there have been some rumours thrown around about Scott Redding potentially going to Kawasaki to replace Rare. Yeah. Which would maybe make sense because there's a lot of thing about Randa Mark and Scott Redding yeah. about who's gonna get that BMW seat next to Top Brack. I think Redding has been offered a seat at the Bonovo squad. Ah, and he doesn't in want that. BMW. Yeah. He doesn't want that. You know, why why do they keep demoting riders? They did it with Eugene Laverty as mm. well. Why do they keep demoting riders to pull another one in? Like, work with your current riders. They got rid of Tom Sykes, and then he's come back and actually done pretty well. Well, then, yeah, until the injury, yeah. Yeah, until he had that. Was it 10 ribs? 10 ribs, or maybe 13, actually. Like, cracked ribs or something like that. Ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think. Like, yeah, Scott Redding was meant to be announced to Imola. Most is now. That was it, Imola, yeah. yeah. Most has now been and gone, and no one said anything, which is even more like. Well, there's also rumours about Scott Redding maybe going to that Mark VDS squad next to Sam Lowe's. Mm, but I thought that was only going to be one bike. No, it's two, I oh. believe. But the issue with that, because Motor Course have got two bikes as well, 
Rinaldi has said he wants to stay in the Ducati family. Well. Petrucci's just gone and bagged two podiums at most. Yeah. Meaning he could potentially be in line Bassani's for... Bassani's probably crying into his pillow, you know? Yeah. Because Bassani was, like, also maybe, like, linked to that team, but is happy to stay in Moto Corsa. If Petrucci's doing that with the experience, I can imagine him being put on the aerobic squad because why would you not want uh, yeah. two great riders? Um, but then... It's all just like musical chairs over in the superbike, and it's just the can of worms that we won't even. <laughs> yeah, and it's all because Raya was like mm, a top back move, of course. But yeah, top back Reading is. It? Yeah, top back Reading has been linked to the VDS squad with Sam Lowe's. I was told maybe there's two seats. Mm. Could be wrong. Could only be one seat. If there are two seats, Reading could go back there. He obviously had that success in Motor Two mm-hmm. with the VDS squad. The only issue is his manager is Michael Bartholomew who fell out with Mr. VDS a few years ago quite publicly and got sacked whilst in the MotoGP paddock. Mm. So there's an issue there. Yamaha? I don't know where anyone's going to go. Sorry? Yeah, it would. Scott Redden do Yamaha? Maybe. I couldn't see why not, because they've got tall rider like Locatelli on it. Exactly. In my head, when you say Scott Redden's going to move, it makes more sense for him to make the direct move to Yamaha rather than Jonathan Ray cutting his contract with Kawasaki to move to Yamaha for Scott Redding to go to Kawasaki. Yeah. But that just seems such a roundabout way to do things for Scott to get a seat in a in a big team when he could just go yeah. directly to Yamaha. There's a seat there. It's open. It's waiting for someone to fill it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And if, if BMW... Or maybe putting their time and energy into Vandermark and not into Scott. Why would he not just take the available seat on a good team? Yeah. It is strange and it's gonna be very interesting to see how that all plays out, I think. It's there's gonna be a lot of weird things if Rimmer GP as well in terms of KTM mm. because firstly they try to buy LCR Honda for next year. To have maybe a Husfana squad mm-hmm. with Mr. Mark Marquez and Pedro Costa, which would have been their answer to their goal of trying to get Pedro Costa on a seat without mm-hmm. getting rid of one of their riders. The weird thing is, though, KTM have tried to buy the two grid slots available. Donna have said no. KTM have tried to buy other teams. They've also been told no. LCR wanted to, Luisio Ciccinello of LCR Honda. Uh, wanted to keep and maintain his relationship with Honda. So there's, they've basically been known there. So then there's the whole Pedro Costa situation of where's he going to go. Can't seem to get rid of Brad or Jack. Paul Spargo's contracted till next year, but has said he will step down and allow another rider to come in if he's not good enough. He's back at Silverstone. So we'll see where his level's at. Given how well KTM are doing this year, I think Paul Spargo can eventually, when he's back up to fitness mm-hmm. properly, be up there. And then with Speed Week, an interview with Speed Week, Stefan Pyra, of, who is the CEO of the Pyra Motor Group, who own Gas Gas, Husqvarna and KTM, has said that Augusto Fernandez will stay with Gas Gas in MotoGP next year as well. Meaning the only missing piece is Paul, who could get the flick. Mm, well... <laughs> The only reason that Paul 
has even been doubted for next year is because of his crash at the start of the season, which is completely unfair to Paul. Um, like, he, yeah, he deserves to be there 100% in that crash. You know, if you put that crash aside one year in a team, he deserves to still be there. To me, all those KTMs trying to buy LCR, KTMs trying to buy the good slots, KTMs throwing the kitchen sink is making me think that they have no space for Pedro Acosta. It's they not, have, it's, it's, yeah, they're desperate. They're desperate, yeah. Why is every single day we're hearing something new about something that KTM's trying to do to make slots, to free up seats, to maybe move their riders? If their only current option at the minute that hasn't been turned down is the fact that if Paul Espagro returns and is not at full fitness or form or he decides to retire himself if that's there at the minute from what we can see they're only in for Pedro Costa they are screwed they're going to lose him and Pedro Costa was open from four talks from other teams from the 30th of June and it's now a month after that's the 30th of July and we have no confirmation and no hope of KTM freeing up a seat as it sounds anyway and it's it's interesting to see where Pedro Costa could then feel. If you take KCM out of the situation, I don't know where he could go. All four Aprilia riders are locked in for next year. And the manager of KCM, I can't remember his name now, the guy who was in F1 years ago, um, he has confirmed that they want to keep all four riders and will stay with all four riders. Unless one of those guys was to step out, I can't see that changing. Yeah. Maybe Yamaha will buy the two grid slots and run a team, and maybe Pedro can slot in there. I don't know. Maybe he'll approach Honda, and Honda can get rid of Mir and put Pedro with Marquez. Maybe Marquez will leave Honda, and Pedro can go in there. Yeah. Maybe Pedro can go in LCR Honda, and the Corona can go to Repsol. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he has to go up. The way that everyone is speaking about him, like. There's no way he can stay another year in Moto2. He wants to stay in Moto2 as well. No, he wants to go into SFGP. Yeah, whereas he was always saying in his in his rookie year, and even at the start of this year, he was going, no, it's okay, I'll stay in Moto2, it's fine. But I, I, I don't know maybe if it was more of a to kick KTM into making space for him, but... Yeah, he's he's changed like a flick of a switch, and he's going. I want that MotoGP seat, and I want it now because I think he's a bit scared of the opportunity passing him by. With the likes of, I don't know if he maybe didn't expect the likes of Tony Arbolino to be so good this year. Jake and Dixon, Jake Dixon. Um, Alonso Lopez, Fermin Aldeguer, all people who have been put in for seats before have been names in the hat, is what I'm trying to say. And Pedro's gone. Oh, actually. Yeah, I need to go up Actually. next year, or else there'll be a a problem. Um, yeah, I don't. Well, got to if, if you're offered a seat, you kind of got to take it. Like, I think you know one example I can think of is Joe Roberts. Yeah, when he was offered that Aprilia seat in MotoGP, he turned it down, and his manager, who was the manager of American Racing, I can't remember his name, Eaton, Eaton from American Racing, Eaton, Eaton, I don't know said to him, he was annoyed at Joe, he said, if you get him at a GP offer, you take that ride. 
doesn't matter who it's with, it's a MotoGP seat. Joe Roberts likely, the way his, his form's going now, I've got some more scoop actually about Moto2 in a minute. <laughs> Don't, I'm going to write that in the notes now because it's big. Um, so the thing is, he is now probably never going to get Moto2 yeah. GPC unless he suddenly comes out and wins in every race for the rest of his life unless in Moto2. Unless we're that desperate for an American. Yeah, that's honest. the only thing I can think of. But I can think they'd probably go for a Brit over an American. Yeah. Oh, there was hundred percent, but the Cambobio is meant to be the one that yeah. did it. But the the issue the issue at hand is Pedro Costa has now got all the power in his hands. Is is the big issue like for everyone involved? Like yeah. there was always Pedro, the talk the of Pedro Costa being this great big thing, and Pedro Costa can go wherever he wants, but at this stage right now, Pedro Costa can kick any single person out of any team he wants, if he wants mm. it enough, and if KTM yeah. don't have a seat, he's going to boot down the door of someone else's office and go put me on your back next year, and they're going to go yeah, no problem because yeah. what any other team is going to say yeah yeah, that's it, like any team will want him and yeah, he wants to say loyal to KTM, but KTM have made false promises of a 2024 MotoGP seat, and now they can't even uphold that. It must be. Maybe it, they were hoping for Jack yeah, to struggle or something. I don't, I don't know. know. It, it must be annoying for for Pedro because, especially over this last year, um, two years even, the the words that he's had to say about Akiyo bringing him into this family, and you can really tell that he. He likes being a part of the KTM squad and that Akiyo has helped him an unimaginable amount and he feels yeah. obviously like indebted to him or something like that. Like, you know, he owes it to him to stay with KTM and it yeah. must be really, really horrible when you get to the stage where you know that if he was on the factory KTM bike, he could win a world championship in MotoGP. Like, no doubt it might take a year or two, but yeah, he could do it. And Pedro knows he could do it and what a payback that would be to someone who's brought you up from nothing and mentored you this whole way and now he's sort of going oh but you aren't gonna you aren't gonna do that for me like look at what I've done for you sort of thing and you guys are yeah. now gonna throw it away because you've shot yourself in the foot by creating this great runway into MotoGP and now you've yeah. got the creme de la creme and you've got four unbelievable really good riders but now you could have the opportunity of maybe the next big thing yeah. And you're going to throw and it away? The issue KTM have is that they've got a lot of upcoming riders on KTM contracts. Yeah. You know, even you go down to Moto3, you've got Daniel Hogarda leading the championship in Moto3. You've got Roeda. Dennis Onchu. On the contract. You've got Dennis Onchu, who could obviously replace maybe RNS next year yeah. in the Moto2, in the IO squad. But you've got all these top riders and... Eventually, KTM are going to be like, oh dear, sovereign for the success kind of thing. Yeah, but no, then, they are so screwed and they're not in a position like Ducati because the championship has already turned them down for getting six bikes yeah. on the grid. And that's where you but go, I, uh-oh, we're not going to be able to do what Ducati have done here. No, and I can't see Brad Binder leaving. Why would he? He's like, performing well. He's, what, third yeah, in the championship? Yeah, he's been with KTM since 2016. Yeah. Like, I don't think he would want to leave, you know. And Jack Miller, I think he's happy there. I don't see why he'd want to leave either. 
And I think KTM yeah. ought to replace him. I mean, I he seems know. to get on there as well. It would be a, and he gets on with Brad. Yeah, it's a big surprise of it. if they go. Well, actually, you yeah, go? like it's a weird one, very weird one. It'd be very interesting to see how it'll pan out because only eight rounds in. Yeah. Still got twelve left. I mean, it feels like we're the midpoint, obviously, because summer break usually indicates around the midpoint of the summer break, or the midpoint of the yeah. season, but. You know, we've more than halfway of the championship still to go. Yeah. And it feels very easy for us to be like, oh, we're halfway through the championship now. We sort of know how it's going to play out. Absolutely not. The complete opposite. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, we'll go on to some silly snow into our pred- predictions in a minute. But back in Moto2, Philip Salat has been confirmed at the Mark VDS squad. That was pretty obvious because he goes, I'm going to leave Grissini at the end of the year. Coincidentally, yeah. the same time Sam Lowe's goes, oh, guess what? Mark VDS and I are going to World Superbikes. Yeah. And it doesn't take a genius to go, oh, I wonder where Philip Sarah oh, is yeah. going. <laughs> but his teammates, I've been told, obviously don't take this as fact. Yeah. This is a sprinkle of us. Take it with a tiny sprinkle of salt. You're the his pot. teammate will be a Dutch Motor 2 rider. There's only two of them at the moment, which is Bo Benschneider and Zonta van den Gorberg. Well, I spoke to Zonta and asked him. He said he would love to ride for the VDS squad and gave nothing away. And then the other one is Bo, but apparently their second rider is a massive shark, but I don't know who it would be. I know in Motor 3, Leopard have signed Angel Piqueras. Who is a Rebel yeah, Rookie yeah. Champion and could um, and could win the Junior World Championship the next time out, which is a big shock because they've taken him away from the KTM family, away from the Red Bull family and all that. But to be fair, Red Bull have already shot themselves in the foot because they've no space for Piqueras because yeah. they've got 18 million other That's it. Red Bull And riders. the other Moto2 scope, yeah, exactly, is that three riders, again, that hits with a pinch of salt, have tested for the Itel Trans Squad to replace Joe Roberts at Mazzano. They tested the three riders being Jaime Messia, Ivan Otola, and Diego Moreira. Mm. With the most, rider, most impressive rider getting the spot, which I have been told is Diego Moreira. Interesting. Yeah, Sweet. again. Yeah. Again, take this with a pinch of salt. But that's what I've been told, so I thought I'd tell you lot as well, of course. <sighs> He's lying to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm lying to get um, clicks. He's just trying to get clicks. Um, yeah, clickbait. When I think about it, I think Messia needs to go up to Moto2. So obviously yeah. he's top of the list, in my opinion. Um, I thought Mark VDS, because obviously... I'm assuming Tony Arbellino is also going to leave the squad at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and I just thought Mark VDS, because I'm thinking there is a there is a chance that Messia could win the Moto3 Championship this year. He's only, what, 20-odd points behind Danny Holgado now. So yeah. he's won a race. He looks strong. He's been consistent. Messia's championship charge for once this year has looked somewhat promising. Um, touch wood. I don't want to put the scud on because that's yeah. typical Chami will see a fashion um, to bottle it. Um, but I thought that sort of made sense. Yeah. Um, but 
knowing that Foggia came from Leopard, the Italchans rumour would make a lot of sense and maybe Messia, you know, would see that projection then maybe into Moto GP because you're going I can get a, a bump up into Moto Two with the Talchans, and then you know the doors are all yeah. open for Moto GP. Um, but now that you've thrown that, it, it's a Dutch rider as the yeah. second Mark VDS rider. I'm going what? Yeah, I'm not sure. I do have another rumor actually thinking about it. Again, I've asked his teammate to see if I could get some information, but I could not. I'm just going to try and find it from the person who sent it me. Here we go. Um, oh, yeah. Even Otola's now a Red Bull athlete as well, which is an interesting thing. Ooh. Diego Moreira is a Red Bull athlete. So maybe there's a potentiality of a KTM link maybe for IO. Surely the IO squad has to take... I'd say it'll be whoever places higher out of Onchu and Holgado. Yeah, exactly. Um... Ah, uh, yeah, and there's one more thing that I can't see happening, and this one is a full-on, like... I think the person who sent me this has absolutely zero information to back it up, but I thought I'd feed it out to the world anyway. That, um... Artigas, Artigas to Grassini in Moto2. Mm. But again, I don't... I haven't seen any substance behind that, but they've inform me of that and so I thought I'd pass it on to the world but again I really just cannot see that being true but we never know he's a taller rider Stranger so maybe two movers yeah exactly you never know and it was only like I don't know but we'll have to see I don't know it's all a bit it's all a bit much it's all a bit crazy I didn't know that Leopard had signed Pekeras though because that is really interesting. Yeah, because that, that pulls means, him away from it. But surely that means that Messia, or Suzuki for that matter, is linked Suzuki to a move away yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I think maybe... Well, Suzuki had been doing that Ovali cup thing <laughs> with Philip Farioli as well yeah, and Messia. Yeah, well, Farioli's been yeah. spanking them on it. <laughs> but, maybe um, Suzuki's just done. Yeah, he's like 26 nearly now. Really? Yeah, I've got a poster. Where is it on my wall? I don't even know where it is. Oh, I must take it. Oh, it's over there now, so you can't actually see it. From like, from years ago when Arenas was. It was when. Who was it? It was from Mahindra sent me it. They're all signed and all that, but they've got like. Jorge Martins on it. Stefano Manzi is on it. Pekko Bagnaya is on it. You've got. All these like all young riders when they race from Bahindra and Tatsuki Suzuki is on that as well. I'm looking this up right this second. I need to know how old he is. And he has been around for years. Suzuki, like I thought, Leopard would be the one, but oh, he's 25. Yeah, he's 25. So, but when he's 26, he'll be 26, he's 26 in September. Yeah. So next year could potentially be his last year. But yeah. two, three, like. Yeah, he's, he's been around, when was it, 2015, I think, his Moto3 Yeah, 2015. Can you stay there? I didn't Moto3 when you're 28. Or do you, do you leave before you're 28? You have to leave before you're 28, I think. I think if you turn 28 mid-season, it's okay. But well, then he'd be but okay for two more years. start the next season. So he's got two years, yeah, potentially. He's won a race this year, but then he's just been nowhere. And he got replaced, obviously, for two rounds by Adrian Fernandez. Yeah. Who... 
he's still pretty young, Adrian Fernandez. Like, I don't see why he could be. He'll be, be back in at some point, I'd say. I hope so. Uh, how old is he? That is not the one I was looking for. This guy's born in <laughs> 1963. Uh, <laughs> he's a former race car driver, though. So, oh, there you go. He raced in Le Mans series, um, IndyCar as well. Oh. Yeah, Adrian Fernandez is only 19. Well, yeah, because Ryan was, what, 22? 23? Yeah, Yeah, so... Why not? I don't know. It's all melting my hair a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I can understand why. So Um, I'd quite like it to be back to racing so that people talk about that. And (laughs) stuff gets announced. Like, I don't know. Philip Salat's just the only real... Any real confirmed yeah. one. The other ones are just rumours, which, I mean, as rumours go, don't always believe them because I remember when Sky Sports confirmed Danny Pedroza to the Petronas Yamaha squad <laughs> and, um, yeah, history tells us that never happened. Mm. So, but, yeah, um, we're going to do our predictions now for Silverstone because why not? We haven't done them in a while, as we know, and it's going to be interesting to see because... Yeah, it's been interesting so far. Yeah. I, think. I mean, the season has been full of surprises, but also at the same time, kind of not, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone that we sort of predicted to do well this season has done well. Yeah, like, Pecco's obviously been killing it. I can see him just fully going, sending it for the championship. Yeah. The only thing I'd be concerned about is that, again, touch wood, that nothing happens. Um, yeah, I like I want to see Honda coming back. Yeah, the chance of someone injuring themselves because obviously we've seen yeah. how that's affected riders in the first eight races and how much it takes you out of the championship. If that happened to one of the front runners, that could really open things up. Yeah, it really could. But like, I want to see. I we see, don't want to see any riders injured. Yeah, but. I want to see more consistency from people other than Paco. Is the problem. That's it. Like like we said on the podcast the other week, like you can win this championship by being consistent. How you are made it a few yeah. years ago. Like consistency will win you this title because the fact that Peko has been able to been allowed to make this many mistakes yeah. and has been allowed to kind of like a Honda, the Ducati have won every race barring Kota this year. Well, I mean he hasn't made as many mistakes in the last so like the last what, three races he's finished either first or second yeah so Mugello Saxon Ring Assen he's been typical Peko style and yeah. being pretty dominant so I don't know if things go the way they went last season it's that's it it's done but I don't know I feel like there is room for error and I think because one it's such a jam-packed schedule no one knows what it's going to be like with sprint races and main races and just having so many back-to-back weekends. No one knows how that's going to go. And then the potential increased risk of injury with there being more races. Yeah, because we've got 12 rounds, 24 races left. You've got, yeah, by now he's up ahead with 194 points. Martin's second with 159 and Bezet, she's only a point behind... Yeah. So there's definitely uh, Binder's like another 40 points back. So I think it's one of those three will win the title this year, barring something amazing like we saw from Bagnai last year. But I don't know who's anyone who's as near as consistent. 
No. But we never I know because just... Pekka was never consistent until. No, the thing is, Pekka's got year. crashes in him. Yeah. Pekka and Pressure do not mix well, no. as we know. No. And so... Ashnini is someone who I think really could be the cat amongst the pigeons because I he's 18 for the moon yeah well we all said it at the start of the season but who's to know that you're gonna get crashed out in the bloody first sprint race of the year and break your collarbone like Paul Spargo could barely be leading the championship at the minute but we don't know because we haven't seen him at his full potential we no. haven't seen a Nebash Nini at his full potential because you don't exactly. come back from breaking your collarbone and then just being like well, yeah I'm fine yeah um Miguel Oliver, we haven't seen it as full potential. Mark Marquez, we haven't seen it as full potential. Like, there's so many riders that have been taken out of the equation because of injury, because of how many races there is. And then the sport races have been great and interesting, but as a whole of a race weekend, there's too much opportunity to get injured. Yeah, far too much. And that includes free practice, because that's what happened to Paul Sparger. wasn't even in a race. Did he get injured? No, exactly. But you just—you never know, do you? Yeah. Mm, right. Shall we move on to these predictions? Yeah. Sorry, I just went on <laughs> another tangent. Uh, that's all good. Don't worry. Um, so we're going to start with pole position in Moto Three. Myself and uh, Cameron have gone for Dennis Onchu. Mhm. I think Sasaki will go well around Silverstone. Yeah. I think so as well. Because they're using a the new layout this year, aren't they? In the new pitch straight on Hamilton Street. Oh, are they using the F1? Yeah, they're using yeah. the F1 layout this year. Which would be interesting because you won't see that. You know Mir, Rins and Marquez overtake for the win? Yeah. Obviously, we won't see that this year. So, But it will cause a lot of drama because that... Light, when they go down the street, it's a really tight corner at the bottom to flip back. I think we'll see some chaos there. Oh, I need to look at the layout now. So the, the whole track is different. No, so it's like the same layout in terms of corners and things like that. But first, no, yeah, the first corner will be different. Oh, uh, okay. Sense. So they'll be using this layout. I'm sending it there. Instead of... It's terrible for people listening at home, I know. But <laughs> Just look it up while Duckman's sending it to me. So yeah, we'll get the that's, F1 layout. That's the F1. <laughs> And that's the MotoGP one. X MotoGP one. International pitch street. Wait, no, that's that's wrong. Don't worry. So, but where would Cotton Cops is, as you can see, at turn eight and turn nine. Cops was originally last year turn one, but now it's turn nine. Oh. And Abby will be turn one now. So. Oh, so they used the in- wait, I'm so confused. They used the national pitch straight before? Yeah, MotoGP used the Yeah, the national pitch straight, that's right. And now we're gonna use the international pitch straight. Okay. So you know the one have you been to Silverstone? No. Oh. Well do you know the where that massive big building is with a massive wing on it? Mm-hmm. That used to just be a straight, but now it's a pit straight. Right. Okay. Yeah. Basically, so that should be interesting because Mr. GP used to have that that as the first first straight, but then 
for some reason they changed. But it will be interesting to see because I think turn 16, 17, 18, Vale and Club provide a lot more chances for overtakes. Whereas yeah. Brooklyn's Lafield and Woodcott, not as many. And we can see some harsh moves, I think, there. Which I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Hmm. I'm interested. Yeah. I never really look at the track loads. Like, I never really pay attention. Yeah. So. I spend so much time. There's a website. What is it? Um, website called... Silverstone. Oh, that's like a mini intermission here where I actually yeah. <laughs> pay attention to what the circuit looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I only know the Red Bull ring because it looks like the wheel. Oh, yeah, the Red Bull ring. If you showed it. me that, Race. I could figure that out, but otherwise I couldn't tell you any circuit. Ah, oh, see, there's a website, yeah, called the ra racingcircuits.info. I love that because you can go on it and see every current layout but then there's got this thing at the bottom and you can see every layer of the track that's ever, it's ever had. Oh. And it's cool as hell. Like, look, this was Silverstone in 1949. Well, I think they should... That's really boring. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should um, but then, bring MotoGP back to Darlington Park. Mm, potentially. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it would work, but it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, definitely be fun. Um, but yeah, like there's loads of little, little circuits within. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just spend hours looking at these tracks and how they evolved and things like that. But yeah, um, back on track, literally. Sorry, yes, folks, um, I'm just getting an educational lesson here. Yeah. <laughs> right, who are you going for third place in Moto3, please? Um, third place in Moto3. It's going to be one of the usual suspects, to be honest. Um... On shoe. On Okay. Well, I've gone for Marrera and Cameron Holgado. We'll stick with Cameron. Second place, he's gone for On I've gone Sasaki. Who have you gone for? I'm going to go Sasaki as well. Nice choice. And for the win, I've gone Holgado, Cameron Masia, and Lauren. <sighs> Holgado. Why'd you do this to me? I had that picked <laughs> out. Yeah, well, you might actually score some points this time, then. Such a lie. Right, for Moto2 pole, I've gone with Dixon. Oh. Home race, I think he'll do it for pole, at least. See, I want him to win it. And I mm. feel like what he did in Aston was, like, the perfect way to do it. Yeah. Now, I know he did, didn't do it intentionally by putting himself second place, but taking that pressure off by not getting pole position and not having not having it's everyone be like, oh, my start. God, your pole position, pole position, yeah. pole position. He's just going, I'm starting a normal race in a normal position. Yeah. I think that played to his advantage. Um, I'd, I don't know, because he will be on the points. So a pole and a win is still... Yeah. Gonna need an answer. No. <laughs> Only for one point. Oh, do you know what then? Yeah, let's go, Jake Dixon. I want to see it. Oh yeah. Cameron's gone a Costa. Third place. He's got a. He's gone with Salach. I've gone with Dixon. Don't know if he'll win. And Lauren's gone for. I'm gonna go with Tony Ibellino then. Nice. Okay. Well, for second place, I've gone with Ibellino. Mm. Mm -hmm. Cameron Dixon and Lauren. Only Pedro Costa. Okay. 
there we've got a different winner to the norm. Okay, who have you gone for the win? I'm with Jake Dixon for the win. Nice, I did think like, about doing that. <laughs> I was like, mm, Alonso Lopez. <laughs> mm, yeah, I was thinking about that to be fair, but Cameron's gone, I believe, I've gone with Acosta. I think, it'll be, I think it'll be those three. I think because yeah. Dixon obviously got the win in Arsenal, so he's going to be on the bounce. Yeah. Home race, you've just won your first military race, you've now had five weeks to to think about how you're going to do Sit it again. He's going to have a plan yeah. in mind, and he's overcome the pressure of winning a race now, so the second one will come a lot easier than the first. I think there's more opportunity now for the championship to get a bit more aggressive between Arbelino and Acosta. Mm. So that could be interesting. And like there'll actually be a bit of a battle between the two of them. Oh yeah. It could be very interesting. I just kinda wanna see that happen, but Yeah, me too. Like I wanna see them actually battle out. Yeah, I wanna see people battle on track. Like, yeah, it's sorta of happening. Well it does happen in Moto three, obviously, but it doesn't happen in any of the other classes, so yeah, that makes sense. Right, so pole position in MotoGP. I've been boring. I've gone with Bainaya. Who did who did Cameron go for? Oh. Miller. Um, he always goes with KTM's, doesn't he? He likes KTM. Yeah. Um. Can I ask who got pole last year? Um. Sure, I'll find out for you now. Bear, bear with me. Twenty twenty two. It was, I think it was Peko. Let's have a look. British GP. Pole position. Oh, was Johan Zarco. Oh. Okay, uh, Jorge Martin. Nice. Then yeah. my question. Yeah, nice. Right, I've joined with Cameron on the sprint race winner with Bainaya. Lauren's going for. anyone like I don't know whether I should this second half of the season now go for the obvious choice or go Uh, if you want to score points (laughs) yeah but like it's so boring if we all just go Pekka yeah I know Brad Bender oh nice okay Bender he's got already got three I think so, my podium, by the way, is really boring because I'm going in it for points. Cameron's isn't Cam- boring. No, Cameron, third place is going bang Naya. Third. I'm surprised by that. I'm have gone with Bazzetti, who is third in the championship, and you've gone for... Mm. I think... I think it could be a surprise. Oh. Yeah. I should have thought about this a bit more. Um, right, put Jorge Martin on pole. I put Brad Bender to win the sprint race. So that means that Enea Bastianini is going to be third place. Enea Bastianini third. That is very out of the park. Mm. I like that. Bastianini. Second place. I've gone with championship lead. The guy's in the championship who is in second, Jorge Martin. So I bet you can guess who I've gone for the winner. You've gone... F- no, Cameron's gone for Binder and you've gone for... I'm also going to go... No. Yeah, by Binder. Binder, nice. As you can guess, 
I've gone for championship leader Bang Naya to win. Right Cameron has gone with yeah. <laughs> Cameron has gone for Vinales. Which is very interesting that he blinks that he can get first Julia win there. Aleish got a podium there last year. Yeah, that's what and I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Um, yeah. But I just don't know if they're at that. Because the only reason he got on the yeah. podium in Arson was because of Brad Bender. That's true. So. I don't know. Are you like a good? Sorry? <laughs> Why are you just sitting there? Who have you gone for? <laughs> Sorry, I was zoned out. Who have you gone for? <laughs> I was looking at I was looking at a Termas to Rio Hondo layout from 2008 to 2012. <laughs> looking at the long course. Sorry, long course in Chicago. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, who have you gone for, please? <laughs> I'm gonna go with um Jorge Martin. Oh, hey, Martin, nice. I think Paco's going to bail out. Dear, gee. Okay, very interesting. Okay, well, that's probably all we've got time for, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, Declan has more pressing issues to deal with right yeah, now. Apparently so. Um, seeing the layout of Temis Rio Hondos, clearly. <laughs> more exciting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. And we're back next weekend after Silverstone. With more coverage of MotoGP, yeah. and hopefully we'll have a confirmed Alex Rins in Yamaha. Yeah, that'd be good. Just to confirm anything mm. to talk about, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, that's, yeah, why, I'm, great, that's why I'm putting slightly bolder predictions out there in the hopes that we don't show up to Silverstone and just go, "Oh, look, yeah, it's the same idea. as the first eight races." <laughs> yeah, wow. Who would imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my yeah. Pekobangaya, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about to make she the comeback is. of the season. Hell yeah. Just don't get behind the wheel of a car whilst you've been drinking and you'll be fine. No, I'd never. You had to bring it up, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, of course. Of course. Is it tradition now, isn't it? Prosecco bang eye. Prosecco bang eye. Wow. It does. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I think Bad GP memes made a really good joke about it the other week. It was like something about riders and their... Um, like what they're going to be doing in the silly in the summer or something like that, and Bang Night, of course, um, was like yeah. <laughs> crashing the car. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's all we've got time for. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening. We're back next week. Thank you and goodbye. Bye.